Welcome to the Fight Shed Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? I'm Well, I can tell you I'm not going to complain this week on the podcast about the heat. Not, not today, right? Not today. Because we were overcast. We, we overcast. And it's uh, probably about high 89... 80s, 90s, late, low 90s. Yeah. The day surrounding this day, it's hot as heck. Well, even today, about 2 o'clock, I walked. See, see, I walked to my job. So on my way back from lunch, I walked back, right? It was hot. It was really hot. So hot that I was like, it feels like it's going to rain. Right. And I look back and I see the the dark clouds coming in. I'm like, oh, okay, that's why it's so hot. And what a torrential downpour we got. Nothing. Nothing. I know. Nothing. nothing. It teases us all around. We're in a bubble. So, as always, we don't get anything. We get nothing. No. But I'm not going to complain about the heat. We're alive and well. We're here at this doing our podcast. Everything's good, right? Everything's good. Yeah. How's everything going for you? Uh, You know, uh, last week, uh, my apartment complex said that I could have new flooring. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yes. And so, I, my job, my task was to move my apartment dwellings or i guess apartment interior stuff yeah to one room let them do half of it and then move it again to another room right and then move it again back in its place so i literally moved my apartment three times and people don't know i hate moving yeah <laughs> like i hate moving i would rather leave all my stuff there and go buy new stuff if i had the money to oh, do that. yeah i know <laughs> or, or hire hire somebody to move things yeah and i'm too frugal to do that so right. alan yeah. is stuck moving and yeah, it was quite an adventure. Uh, uh, I was worn out by the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, but, but uh, get everything situated, got everything done, fixed, well, installed. Yeah. Well worth it. Brand new carpet, brand new flooring. Yeah, it's it was so, it's so, so nice by the weekend. So. Well, that's nice. You got new flooring, new yeah. carpet. So new carpet and flooring? Yeah, carpet in the bedrooms and uh, like laminate, laminate in, in, in the, the front or whatever, okay. but it, it was much needed. Yeah. Oh, so. well, that's good. Yeah. Makes did, it a little bit more comfortable at the house. Yes. At the home. What did you do? Um, this weekend I didn't do anything. I um, uh, you're a movie see. guy. Did you go to Thor yet? I did go to Thor. You know, you you're right. Did. That's good. I did go see Thor. Yeah, okay, I did see Thor. Um, I enjoyed it. It was a good movie. My wife thought it would it was going to be a little bit more serious, but uh, it wasn't. It wasn't as serious of a movie as she was hoping. I heard it's very jokey. It is jokey. Yeah, it's so jokey. It's very jokey, and I enjoyed it. I liked it. And I've had some other reviews by non-partial Marvel fans. Right. I know you're a Marvel fan, so yeah. are you saying pretty good because of a Marvel fan, or you really do feel like it's pretty decent? I I liked it because um you know, it's um it was kind of one of those heartfelt movies that I really enjoyed, and you know it was funny. Uh, okay. It didn't answer a lot of questions or anything like that. It did not. Yeah, because that you know some some Marvel fans want to answer how. How does this connect to other things? And it didn't do that. So it did not connect to Doctor Strange. Do- no, it didn't do anything. It didn't connect what? anything. Okay, so we should go see Thor. It's worth a worth a look. It is worth. It. Okay. I enjoyed it. I really nice. liked it. Um, it's um like again, doesn't connect a lot of details or things, but it brings back a lot of uh, uh you know, old details from older Thor movies, and uh, it's funny. It's real funny. Do I get to see his brother? No, you don't. No. Oh, no. That's sorry. one of my favorite characters. Yeah, sorry. Mr. Sorry Loki. Spe- no Loki. No, there's no, no Loki. Okay. Sorry All to right. spoil it. Yeah. Probably couldn't afford him. 
He probably, no, he's in. A, he's dead. He. So on a uh, just another spoiler, okay. which is not that big, but uh, so uh, you can see Thor's back, and he has a back t- tattoo of "Rest in Peace, Loki," and he has Loki's horns tattooed on oh, his back. Oh, now that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's okay. so in his universe, Loki's gone. Okay. Very good. So, uh, other than moving or anything like that, I mean, well, other than that, I I went to Abilene, which is about an hour and a half from where we live. Went to the mall, right? Went to the mall. Oh, you always yeah, do that. Yeah. Got got a couple comic books. What? Sorry. So you did this Saturday? That Monday. That okay. So then, were you home for the weekend to yeah, watch some comic sports? I was. I was All home, right. and I did uh, catch great UFC fight yep, night and yep. some couple good boxing matches. All right, and let's just go ahead and get out, get kick off uh, this uh, show with some uh, boxing a recap of Ray Vargas versus Mark McSigo, um, live from San Antonio, Texas, for the WBC featherweight title. Two undefeated fighters looking to put another stamp on their legacy. That's right. Vargas comes in thirty-five and zero with twenty-two KOs, and uh, McSigo twenty-four and zero with sixteen KOs. So it was a battle of the undefeateds. Very veteran Vargas uh, coming up against uh, up-and-coming Mark McSigel, who just won his championship over Gary Russell Jr. Yeah, and, you know, Vargas definitely didn't have a relatively easy fight like he has in most of his fight. Uh, I just felt like um, Magzio was making him work during that win. From the bell, the start of the bell, first round to all the way up to the end of the fight, it was a, a huge match. I mean, uh, back and forth. McSile landing some huge punches, you know, right from the get-go. Vargas coming back, landing some big uppercuts. Um, finally, in the ninth, you, you know, it's almost a stalemate between the first and the ninth round. Yeah. You know, kind of didn't know who to give it to. Um, McSile winning some rounds on my card. Uh, Vargas winning a lot of other rounds in my card. Um, but, you know, uh, finally in the ninth round, McSigel gets gets a little sneaky uh, left hook in. He he got a little too comfortable because because Vargas was winning the fights in the middle rounds yeah. three through eight. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Magaseo was having a tough time with Vargas's length and mm-hmm. his movement. Yeah. but y- you could tell he got a little too comfortable. He got comfortable. Well, Vargas got comfortable with uh, trying to come up with an uppercut yeah. and left himself open for a nice uh, counter and puts him on the ground. Yep, absolutely. And I think uh, his corner kind of told him that. He, he gained his bearings, and uh, he kind of ended the fight uh, more in his favor. Yeah, yeah. But in the end, we do have a decision win for uh, for Ray Vargas, who now is a WBC featherweight uh, title holder. Uh, the <laughs> official scores were 115-112, 115-112, and 114-113. Uh, so what do you think about this decision? I was totally fine with it. I yeah. thought Vargas did control most of that fight. I, I felt like he was the superior fighter that night. Yeah, I feel like um, McSayo won the first maybe two rounds, three rounds, and then the last maybe three or four rounds also yep. uh, with a big knockdown. Yep. So what do you think is next for uh, Ray Vargas? Well, he's 36-0 now. He said he wants a unification fight with one of the other champs or... He, he would like a matchup with Leo Santana's Cruz for the WBA title because he thinks it is laughable that he even has a belt. Oh, wow. What do you think of that? Wow, Leo Santa Cruz is a legend in that division, um, a mainstay in that division. Yeah. He's proven himself over and over. But, you know, Vargas is there for, um, you know, 
brand new in his division and you know we'll see how that works out for him i i liked him to see to maybe fight uh, a fighter that just fought that night that same night okay um brandon figueroa he was he was in the crowd, or he he had a fight right before this uh, Ray Ray Vargas fight. Well, it, it sounds like he may end up being the mandatory uh, challenger for Vargas coming up because um, a lot of things are pointing to that guy next. Yeah, definitely. The other uh, name I have here is maybe Gary Russell Jr. Maybe wants another chance at his title that he lost to Meg Cycle. Those are all great names. I would love to see any of those fights. Yeah. How about for Meg Cycle? So he's 24 and 1. He said that it just wasn't his day. Vargas was the man, but he said he'd watch the tape, get back in that gym, and that he would be even stronger next time. Um, I, You know what? I think so too. I, he looked great uh, no matter what. He had mm -hmm. some really great punches. Um, he might have ran out of steam towards or was running out of steam yeah. in the middle of the. Uh, in the middle of the fight, some big body shots were landing really, really well for Vargas. Um, can he, putting the pause on him. But once you know he got his his uh, I guess uh, his second win, he was landing some great shots. I he think was. any other fighter would have been knocked down more than once. He did look like a champion. I yeah. mean, he fought like a champion. It yeah. Just uh, Vargas looked a little better that night. I have him maybe fighting you know lower. Uh, down the rankings, uh, Kiko Martinez. Ooh, that would be a great yeah, fight, really right? good fight. Yeah, just kind of get get back in the saddle, yeah. or maybe a, a rematch with Gary Russell Jr. And then for the winner, fights for the title. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing: both these guys were undefeated. It's not like we're talking about someone that's lost three or four fights. So I right. mean, Megaseo could be right back in the title picture before we know it. Yeah, I mean, and if you look at the other names on the, in this division, it's a huge division. I mean, we got Emmanuel Navarrete, who's also title holder, Marius Mauricio Lara. Lee Wood, Josh Warrington, Santa Cruz, Dog Bay. The list goes on and on for that division. Michael Conlan's up and coming on that. I mean, There's a lot of potential big fights with a lot of big names. I mean, this is one of those divisions where we, we're not hurting for any talent. No, that's, that's right. Also on Saturday, uh, live from London, we do have Derek Chisora versus Kobrat Pulev in a heavyweight division clash. And let's say for our listeners' picks, we have 56% voting for Pulev to get the upset over Derek Chisorda, who um, had 44% of the votes. Two fighters on the latter years of their fight careers were leaving it all out in the ring this night. It was it was a monstrous fight. I mean, no matter what, they're both clubbing each other. Yes. Literally. I mean, there was some times that Chisora landed his forearm to the head of Pulev. Well, it was a very physical fight. It wasn't pretty. There are some tactics that Chirozer was doing that was totally not re uh, legal, but the ref was just allowing him to fight it. Yeah, and, you know, it, there was a lot of clinching involved, a lot of hitting to the back of the head by Pulev, too. He was also warned several times. He had several final warnings yeah. for uh, hits to the back of the head. Um, but in the end, we do have a revenge match. It's a decision win for Chisora, 116-114, 116-112, and then 116-112 going the other way for the Bulgarian. Now, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it, it went was. the other way. Didn't, it, did yeah. you agree with that at all? Yeah, I didn't see um, Pulev really winning a lot of these rounds at I all. I think, I think the more aggressive Chisora was there, always there, landing big shots. Even the crowd was getting behind him after several big shots that he landed. Um, I, so I don't agree with that. Yeah, I, I think Chisora, for me, 
was a lot more active. He was putting on more pressure on his opponent, and he was just being relentless. He was making sure he was on top of his opponent in every round constantly. Definitely. So what do you think is next for Derek Chisora, who um, I guess, I mean, he's 38 years old, 29, I think, in three years, 29 and 12 or something. He's Chirosa is 33 and 12. Yeah. And he's made no bones about his career. He said he's on his way out, and he told his promoter he wants hard fights now. He wants anybody in this era, win, lose, or draw, and if he can get, his promoter can get him Deontay Wilder, he's up for that. What do you think about that fight? Well, that's a name I definitely did not have him going against next because I don't think Deontay Wilder is a great fight for him. I think he. he I don't think Deontay Wilder is interested in that fight. No, exactly. Right. I mean, it's not going to make a lot of money unless they have it in London. And I guess it's going to be a big spectacle over there. Yeah. But uh, that's not Deontay Wilder level. I don't think so. But I do respect Chiorza for calling someone out. You should call someone out after your fights. And he he goes, I'll I'll take Wilder. But I don't like that fight for him. One name I I did see is how about a Daniel Dubois? Ranked 17th. I think it's a great fight to watch, but I think Dubois is going to crush Oh, I think him. so, too. I think that's yeah. what it is. Just uh, put a name on the resume for yeah. Dubois. Yeah. Um, another one is, uh, is a little bit lower ranker, Adam Kanauki, who's um, also trying to make a name for himself, a younger fighter. Yeah. Uh, another stepping stone to maybe get to the next level. Because if you look at, do you think, do you want him to fight um, Derek Chisora to fight Joe Joyce? Nope. No, right? That's just there ain't a top ten guy I want him to fight. It's not. Right? I don't think so either. Or not nothing worth yeah. it for the 39 year old fighter. But is Tarosa maybe a, a a slight gatekeeper for the heavyweight? Yeah, I'm all for him fi- doing that for the up and comers. I'm yeah. in for that. And that's exactly why Daniel Dubois would be yeah. an amazing step for him. Yep. Well that wraps up this past Saturday's fights. And now on to the next week. We do have this week we have july 16th live from the zone on live from los angeles california on the zone ryan garcia versus javier fortuna in a lightweight division clash so this is at 135 pounds devin haney gervonta davis are some of the other champions now javier the drone fortuna is 33 years old he's 37 3 and 1 with 26 k's and he's currently ranked 24th in this division his last fight was a win by KO in the first round, February of this year, and his last loss was in 2021. Now, Ryan King Ray Garcia is 23 years old, 22-0 and 0, with 18 KOs. He is currently ranked 10th in this division. His last fight was a win by decision April of this year, and he debuted in 2016. Now, Garcia is a massive favorite, opening at 920 and now 1250. And Fortuna is a massive underdog, opening at an underdog plus 660 and now at plus 850. Ryan Garcia is from Los Angeles, California, standing at 510 with a 70-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a knockout rate of 81%. Notable wins come against Emmanuel Tagu, Luke Campbell, and Francisco Fonseca. He has no losses. Javier Fortuna is from the Dominican Republic, standing at 5'6", with a 68.5-inch reach, fighting out of the Southpaw fight stance. He now has a 70% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Rafael Hernandez, 
Antonio Lozada, and Jesus Cuellar. Notable losses come against Jojo Diaz, Robert Easter Jr., and Jason Sosa. So uh, are you trying to make money, or are you going to stay away from this? Well, I think it's totally disrespectful, in my opinion, that Fortuna is such a massive underdog. Yeah. I mean, yeah, underdog, right? Do you it, seem like it's a lot for Ryan Garcia or not as a I massive think it's, favorite? I think uh, Fortuna has a lot more has uh, has the experience, and I don't think it's it's fair to put him that that high as for uh, as an underdog. Yeah, right. Right. Um, he has some, you know, big names under his belt as far as maybe some losses, but at that experience, 70% knockout rate. He so he does have power. But I mean, Garcia is a is a, the who's who right now of this division. But boy, I sure have read a lot lately in the last couple of weeks that he's talking about his next opponent, not oh, Fortuna. Really? Yeah. That's and that true. always scares me when when I see a, a a fighter do that. Well, does it scare you enough to put some money on Fortuna and making a huge payday? Well, <laughs> if I was a betting man, yeah, I would probably put a couple bucks on Fortuna, right? But no BS, Allen for the podcast is still going to take Garcia, yeah, by decision. Well, I'm going to have King Rye Garcia by knockout in the seventh round. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to this fight because if Garcia does win, it's going to propel him into some big fights. I think in the future, really soon. Next up on Saturday, we do have on ESPN Plus, uh, live from Temecula, California, Arnold Barbosa Jr. versus Danielito Zoria. So this is super lightweight division, 140 pounds. Josh Taylor is our current WBO, IBF, and WBC champion. WBA is currently vacated. Now, Arnold Barbosa Jr. is 30 years old, 26-0 and 0, with 10K... KOs. He is currently eighth in this division. His last fight was a win by decision August of last year, and he debuted in 2013. Now, Danielito Elzaro Zorala is 28 years old, 16 and 0. With 12 KOs, he is currently ranked 14th in this division. His last fight was a win by KO in the second round September of last year, and he debuted in 2016. There are no current odds on this fight. Arnold Barbosa Jr. is from Long Beach, California, standing at 5'9", with a 72-inch reach. He fights out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a 38% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Antonio Moran, Alex Salcedo, and Tony Luis. He has no losses. Danielito Soria is from Puerto Rico. He is now five, he is 5'9", with a 70-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a 75% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Pablo Cesar Cano and Ruslan Madiev. He also has no losses. So we have a couple undefeated grape Kool-Aid fighters, don't we? We sure do. We sure do. Live on ESPN. Um, man, it's a... I don't feel like we have covered these two fighters on our podcast. No, we've never covered okay. these. No. Have you seen any of these guys fight? No, I have not. I have not either. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like, um, almost a crapshoot, I guess if, uh, you know, there's no odds just there's right no now, odds, I know. um, you know, we got, we do have maybe a hometown favorite in fighting in Temecula, Temecula, California, you know, that's going to be maybe a factor. And what did you say about their, uh, KO percentages? Yeah. That's the thing is that the, uh, Danielito El Soro Zorillo, Zoria is, um, 75% knockout Ooh. rate. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh. 
I mean, yeah, that's big. Well, there's not much uh, stats for me to pick. I'm a stats guy, so I'm going to just go with the one stat of the knockout power of Danielito, and I'll take him by KO in the sixth round. All right, well, you read my notes because I got the exact same thing, Danielito by TKO in the sixth round. Okay. Couple good fights this weekend for boxing. Yeah, it is. I mean, it just you know, with that power, you just don't understand, don't know what's um gonna come out of uh of the Puerto Rican fighter, yeah. and uh, you know that thirty eight percent knockout rate kind of has mm. me a little bit on the edge. Yeah, for uh, Barbosa, but hopefully maybe he proves us wrong. And and we have the Garcia Fortuna fight on the zone, right? Yeah, it's on the so zone. That'll be good. That's gonna be good. The cool the the thing about that too that I saw is that one's orthodox and one's southpaw. Okay. So that's gonna be kind of strange because or it's tangle, a feet entanglement. Problem. Yeah. Don't we have a feet problem whenever that happens? Where yeah. We're kind of stepping on each other's yeah, feet. Exactly, exactly. And I think if I remember, there was one fight where the referee was so concerned about it that he just kept. Breaking them up, yeah. warning, and, and, and something yeah. really kind of crazy went yeah, on with that. It was. So, yeah. I think it was a Shakur Stevenson or Gervonta yeah. Davis fight. Yeah, they yeah. they kept on stepping on each other. Yeah, but yeah, so that's going to be interesting to look out for uh, in that fight. But yeah, it's on the zone this Saturday night, and then ESPN Plus also has a great fight this Saturday. Well, that wraps up this week's boxing previews. Do we have any boxing news? I do. So there were several articles this week on the Spence versus Crawford that has come out. And here's kind of some some notices I took out of the articles. Uh, Spence has said that he he wants to fight. He has said that Crawford wants to fight and that it is going to happen sometime later this year. However, he also said that if it does not happen sooner than later, it may never happen. Now, promoter Hearn, in another article, has come out and said that this is a fight between elite fighters, whereas Canelo versus Triple G is a fight between legends. What do you think about the Spence Crawford uh, things going on? Saga? Yeah, saga. Man, I, I hope uh, I hope it, it comes to fruition, right? I hope yeah. It, they they iron everything out. Sometimes, you know, the news and the media gets to saying things like that, and then next week we have a final date. Right, right. So hopefully this is just one of those things that we, we get into. But I really want to see that fight. What do you think about Hearn saying that this is a fight between elite fighters versus a fight between legends? Um, I don't... Do you agree I with think that? it's just it one of those... Weird, it's right? a backhanded compliment. It, it is a backhanded compliment, yeah, isn't it? To, to these guys. Cause like he almost says, hey... Uh, we've got these high schoolers over here fighting, mm. but I was just going to let you know Canelo Triple G is coming up, and yeah. these are true legends. Go ahead and buy that pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, we were mentioning a little bit about the heavyweight division. Luis Ortiz, who's setting up for a fight this week um, or this next couple of months or so against uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. Yes. Um, he's kind of talking about Deontay Wilder, saying that he would love to fight him again and again, three f- times, five times, even ten times. Who? Ortiz? Uh, Ortiz wants to fight Deontay Wilder. Kind of get that rematch. Because he's had, I don't know if you remember those fights or if you ever watched them, but he's had Deontay Wilder on the ropes, even winning on the cards. But Wilder, again, reaches in the back pocket and t- gets that one-punch knockout. And gets Louise. Okay, so you got to remember, I'm only a year and three months into really watching some boxing. Uh-huh. 
I have never seen those fights, so I'm 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 assuming by what you're saying, Ortiz and Wilder fought. They fought uh, twice. They already. fought twice. And what is the records? I don't know the records. It's uh, a <clears throat> 0-2 for Luis Ortiz, so he has not beaten Deontay Wilder. But what you're saying is, at some point in those matches, Ortiz did have the upper hand and had him on the ropes. Yeah, had him on the ropes, or it was mm. winning on the scorecard. Mm, that yeah. now that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I guess in Ortiz's world. In his head, he thinks that he won both those fights had it not been for one lucky punch. Exactly. Okay. Are you interested in seeing a third fight then? Um, I think just for the, for that reason alone, just because, you know, Ortiz was fighting really well against Deontay Wilder. Is Wilder interested in even fighting him since he's two and zero, and maybe in his head he thinks that he could have lost those, and I'm not interested in going back there. Um, I don't think so. I don't think not right now. But yeah. you know what the thing is too, Deontay Wilder is like quote unquote friends with Ortiz, and or gentleman, you know, just a that, gentle uh, respect. Yeah, they have a lot of respect, okay. and so uh, Wilder has mentioned it before. He he loves to bless people with you know big paydays, and you okay. know that's one thing because I think Ortiz has made it public that he he's had health issues with his daughter. His daughter's had oh, health issues, and I'm sorry to hear so that. so um. Wilder's granted him several, you know, these two big fights yeah, sure. to make millions of dollars to help with that do- the daughter's, you know, medical bills and things like that. So that's what I think it, it probably could happen. Okay. Well, I would, I, I'm definitely interested in going back and, and taking a look at those first two fights too. And, and maybe it might come to fruition, as you said. Yeah. Uh, on the promoter Hearn conversation, mm-hmm. he has come out and said that after Canelo fights Triple G, he wants to do the rematch with Bevel in May of 2023. So, I know you always continue to, to say this, but I'll ask you the question again. What do we think about Canelo only fighting twice a year? Is that good? Is that bad? I I, I, I think that's better than once a year. <laughs> yeah. Do you, you know, think that's almost every six more months. active, though? But how, how much more active can you be? I mean, Three times a year? I don't know. But that's, that's what, every four months? Every four months, yeah. So... But he's fighting every six months, so yes. so he's taking a little bit more time to heal, train. I think it's fine. I think two two times a year is fine. And here's the other thing: it's just I don't know why would why would promoter Hearn come out and say, "Oh, hey, Canelo's going to rematch Bevel in May of 2023." Didn't we already know that? Like, why are you confirming that? We already knew yeah. that. So is it a backhanded slap on Triple G that you're saying, oh, well, once Canelo gets past Triple G, he's going to go ahead and fight Beaver? Well, maybe I mean, it's just part of the contract to, yeah, okay. to keep m- mentioning. Okay. Because he's got to honor that part of the contract. Yeah, right? sure. Or or vice versa. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You remember Bam Jesse Bam Rodriguez from San Antonio, the fighter that fought a couple weeks ago in San Antonio, Texas? Yes. yes. He's already got his next fight. Speaking of. What? Uh, speaking of, uh, you know, the, the amount of fights per year. Yes. Um, yeah, he's got another fight coming up. Already coming up? People yeah, don't he, do that that fast. Wow, okay. Yeah, so September 17th, he makes that turnaround really quick, um, and he's going to fight Israel Gonzalez to defend his WBC Super Flyweight title. Um, this one's going to be on the Triple G and Canelo fight card. They're trying to stack that card, and I'm they're excited sure for that, yeah, right? It is. So that's that's going to be an amazing fight. Well, I like active fighters, so I'm glad he's he's turning around that quick. Uh, he must have not have sustained very much damage in his previous fight. Yeah. No, he didn't. He didn't. And his previous fight was against um, Song Rung Sai. Yeah. 
So Shakur Stevenson says he is moving up to 135 pounds soon. He said that he would like bigger names to add to his resume and that there's really no one at 130 that interests him to fight or he does not want to eat another year of his career collecting 130 title belts and no names that he can clearly beat. What are your thoughts on that? Um, Yeah, I, I kind of agree, agree with that. I think that, you know, he's saying that there's no names that he can clearly beat. There's no... There, no, he's saying that at 135 pounds, mm-hmm. the, the people that are in that division, the fighters, including the belt holders, yeah. are not big mm-hmm. enough names for him to eat another year of, the, of his career yeah. just collecting belts from no names. He'd rather yeah. be in a division where he's big beating names. Yeah. big names. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think he's um he's done with his division, ready to go move on to bigger names um, because, you know, that's where more money is going to be made. Yeah, because what he said is, Hey, look, you know, there may be a couple names that might be a decent fight, but it does not compare to the money mm. clashes available when he's at 135 pounds fighting Haney, yeah. Tank Davis, correct, Lomachenko, mm. and even who we just previewed, Ryan Garcia. Yeah. Those are the fights he's looking for. So with that being said, what are some of those names I just gave you that you're very interested in watching? And can he beat any of those guys? I think he can. Uh, I'm pretty sure he can beat um, Devin Haney. Okay. I think he probably could beat. I mean, that's that might be even blasphemous to say, but <laughs> um, Devin Haney. Can he beat Davis? Tank Davis. Oh, Tank Davis is just a big, big guy. He he's is like a big guy, he's right? like in the UFC uh, uh, Volkanovski. You yes. know, with the big center of gravity. Yeah. Um, I don't think he can beat him. Okay. Can he beat Lomachenko? I want to say he can. I, I'd agree on that. Yeah. Can he beat your boy Ryan Garcia? To, I, I'm gonna see where his head at. You see this where it weekend. is yeah. this weekend, and then right? We'll see. Yeah. yeah. But boy, those are gonna be some exciting fights in the future if he yeah. moves up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you're familiar with this fighter. His name is Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. Hold on. Le'Veon Bell. Let's see. Sounds like a. Pittsburgh Steeler, former <laughs> running back. That's correct. He's still for, he's still a, a running back. New York know. Jets. He went to next. I didn't think he? so too. But okay. um, he says he's going to take the year off, focus on boxing. What? What? He, he's getting into the boxing game. And uh, how old is he? He is. Oh, I don't know. He's probably early thirties. Let's see. Thirty years old. He's thirty years old. Oh, so he hasn't even technically hit his prime yeah. as far as boxing terms. Boxing careers. So, do you know who's his first fight going to be against? Jake Paul. Almost. Well, that's an almost. Yeah. Well, almost, almost okay. as crazy. Hold on. Almost as crazy. But now, well, you know, too. Frank Gore. Yeah, he was right. a he was a running back, and he he's been fighting. So it's not that one either. No, it's not. Okay. It's kind of out of left field. Oh, so it's a baseball player. Uh, yeah. <laughs> almost. <right. laughs> almost. That, that, that would have been clever, yeah. right? Okay. Uh, no, it was another. It's another NFL ex NFL player. Not Deion Sanders. Adrian Peterson, thirty-seven. Year, yeah, thirty-seven-year-old Adrian Peterson. Wow. Well, first off, you could argue which one's a better running back to begin with. I mean, yeah. they were both solid, right? Yeah. So, so now we're going to find out these two legends of running backs. Who's a better boxing fighter? Wow. Who do you got early on? I I'll probably go for the the youthfulness of uh, Le'Veon Bell. Well, it's like our fourth season so far. Me and you are always going to be different. I'm going with AP. I All like right. the experience. Yeah. Well, th- when is that happening? So actually, it's going to be live from the Crypto.com Arena 
on July 30th. July 30th. Oh, that's that's coming right up. Yep. Well, that's nice. Yeah. I like that. Okay, I'm excited for that. Do you have any other boxing news? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's boxing segment. Uh, now on to the to our MMA segment for the week. Recapping UFC on ESPN 39. To start off the card, we look back at Michael Johnson versus Jamie Malarkey uh, in a lightweight division clash. Where in this match, we have our fans, you know, also kind of split. And it's kind of going to be the story for this whole week. Uh, we had our fan, fans split. Malarkey getting 56% of the votes. And Michael Johnson getting 44% of the votes. This was a fight that had fireworks written all over it. And boy, did it deliver. Probably one of the best fights of the night. I mean, if not the best fight. Um, we do have, you know, a great back and forth first round. And, you know, we got a knockdown for one fighter and then later on in the match we get another knockdown for the other fighter so back and forth yeah they both got knocked down in the first round both were getting their jabs and punches in i mean it was back and forth i would have i would have scored that a draw on that first round when it nearly was jamie malarkey does end up winning this match by decision split decision 29 28 29 28 and 28 29 uh, Jamie Malarkey now three and three in the UFC, three and one in the last four fights. What do you think's next for him? Fifteen and five uh, so far in his career. Lots of fires around him. Uh, his ranking at forty first now. Um, he he could have a lot of uh, fights lined up. There is a Rick Glenn at thirty seven who has uh, no fight scheduled. He's twenty two six and two four three and one in the UFC. I'm kind of jumping up a little bit higher for uh, Jamie Malarkey in his little UFC path. Okay. Uh, I have him fighting maybe Jim Miller at 33. I saw that. And it's funny you said Jim Miller yeah. because Johnson, who is now 20 and 18, 21 and 14, 42nd, another experienced fighter. I got Jim Miller fighting Johnson. Yeah. Well, that'd be good. I mean, but Michael Johnson, I didn't realize how much experience he's had. A lot. A lot of experience. 12 and 14 in the UFC. Yep. One in five in the last six fights. So he's really needing a win. Is uh, Jim Jim Miller a winnable fight? I think it is. I think, I so think it too. is. Think- we, we, we saw Jim Miller last week. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And he clearly beat Donald Cerrone and he beat him not by decision. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think... Johnson didn't lose this fight. I mean, right. it could have gone either way. Uh, it was a split decision. So I think that's going to be a good name on on Johnson's resume if he wins over uh, Jim Miller. I like that. Next up on the card, we do have Jarrett Vandera versus Chase Sherman in a heavyweight division clash. 56% of our voters voted for Vandera with Chase Sherman getting 44% of the votes. Both fighters on losing streaks, fighting to stay in this promotion with a win tonight. One was on a four-fight losing streak. The other one was a three-fight losing streak. Um, something had to give. Vanderbilt really looked good. I mean, he could take a punch. Uh, he wasn't doing a lot as far as, you know, you know, doing anything else but trying to box with Chase Sherman. Sherman just had to do a couple, you know, a couple fakes, a couple uh, head bobbing. But he really used his boxing skills to his advantage it looked to me like sherman did have a speed difference he looked a little bit faster he looked fitter too and he looked fitter um but you know here's the thing um there was at some point in the bout where vandera felt like he could take sherman's power 
and he started taking more risk in that second yeah. round, eating more punches, and I think that ended up being the downfall for him because he just got too comfortable. Yeah, he probably felt that you know Sherman can't knock him out, so yeah. I'm just going to go after him. And uh, but Sherman kept on moving, kept on moving around the ring. Yeah. Um, in the end, we do have Chase Sherman defeating Jared Vandera with a TKO by punches. I mean, yeah, he f- he finally lands that perfect shot, nice jab, and um, you know takes down Vandera. Absolutely. Now four and nine, Sherman is one and four in his last five fights. Uh, what do you think is next for the thirty third ranked Sherman? Well, aka the Vanilla Gorilla, aka the Sherman Tank, in my book, is now thirty third. He's sixteen and ten, four and nine in the UFC. Back in that win column, I like a Tanner Bozer who is sitting at twenty third, who is twenty eight and one, four and three in the UFC. I have him fighting maybe an Ilir Latifi. Okay. 20, ranked 21st, so that's really jumping up really high for him. Or William Knight, who is ranked 30th. Yeah, I, I like both those. I like the fact that he is back in that one column. Jarrett Vandera is now 1-5 over on the UFC and 0-4 in, in his last four fights. 34th um, in the rankings. Um, I have a question mark by him. What can I say? Uh, Four-fight losing streak. I think he's at a crossroads in his career in the UFC. I think he should find a winnable fight, which I thought was this one, and it clearly was not. Man, for me, I don't think his heart is in this fight game anymore because, to me, it looked like he was just going through the motions. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, um, he didn't really even look like he came in because, you know, you don't really have to make weight in heavyweight. I mean, I guess there is a limit, but – you know, you at least have to try sometimes. I, I think, think he came in at 264. I mean, it was like one pound off. Oh, wow. So, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, compared to Chase Sherman, Sherman looked from a phenomenal shape. In this type of fight where you could be out of the promotion, you mm. need to come in yeah. hungry. Sherman came in hungry. Vandera did not. Yeah, definitely. Next up on the card, we have Saeed Normagomedov versus Douglas Silva DeAndre DeAndraj in a bantamweight division clash. Fans voted 67% for Nurmagomedov and 33% for Douglas Silva. Both fighters on a two-fight win streak, and both were coming off post-fight bonus winning efforts, looking to continue those winning ways. Now, with the name Nurmagomedov, we probably were thinking, oh, this is going to be a wrestling match. We did, a grappling match. Yeah, grappling. But no, it it started off um, with great solid action, kicking actions by Nurmagomedov and Silva going back and forth in the first few rounds. Yeah, Nurmagomedov was just too long, quick, and accurate for Andre to to land much. I mean, with just seconds left in the second round, Andre was able to finally drop uh, Nurmagomedov with a spinning back fist. In the end, we do have Nurmagomedov defeating Douglas Silva by decision, a unanimous decision, 30-27, 29-28, and 29-28. What do you think's next for this up-and-coming Nurmagomedov, who's uh, now 3-0, and 3-0 in his last three fights? 19th uh, in the division now, 16-2, and 5-1 in the UFC. What about a fight with the other Nurmagomedov, who's at 15? He is 15-0 and 3-0, and or... A dance date with your boy, Sean O'Malley, at 14th. I have him here fighting Sean O'Malley. Yeah. I, I You're not that scared down. of that. I was scared to even write it down for you, buddy. No, and you know what? I probably would even favorite Nurmagomedov with this You one. would. Pause. I would, too. Um, all, the other name I do have here is Kyler Phillips, who's ranked 20th. 
I like both those fights. Um, I, I, I think Nurmagomedov is going to be eventually a force in this division, if not already now. But I think Sean O'Malley stands in the way of him. Yeah. Uh, how about for Douglas Silva de Andrade? He is 25th, 28-5, and 6-5. And it was a close fight for sure. Uh, I have, actually have a Casey Kenny who is 16-4, 5-3, uh, and 22nd in this division and is on a two-fight losing streak. Yes, um, Douglas Silva is 2-3 uh, and three in the last five fights. Uh, I have him fighting um, Adrian Yanez, who's ranked 26, or okay. uh, Chris Gutierrez, in ranked 28. Ooh, Gutierrez would be a great fight. Next up on the card, we have Kyle Baharlo versus Armin Petrosian in a middleweight division clash. 56% of our voters voted for Baharlo, and 44% voted for Armand Petrosian. Darren White's Contender Series alumni was showcased in this co-main event as potential future stars in this promotion. You know, it was um, not the Baharlo that I thought that I was going to see. Um I thought he was going to come out and, you know, get some good punches in. But, no, his game plan was to take him to the ground and wrestle him. That's exactly what I had in my notes. His game plan was to take his opponent down and look for a submission attempt, and he was literally able to execute that attack for most of the fight. For most of the fight, he was on his back, um, had him on the ground. No, Really no other action than just grappling. Yeah. But the thing is, towards the third, second, in the second, early, third round, um, man, if Petrosian and Borhalo would stay standing up, I think Petrosian probably would have got this fight done because but he looked really sharp on his feet. You're right, but he knew not to stand on the feet with Petrosian. Yeah. He knew that. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Petrosian had no answer for the takedowns. None. He only secured one in the very last round to mm. finally, you know, stop a takedown. So, I, to me, may not be the fight we wanted, but it was a perfect game plan. It was perfect for him. Yeah, kind of boring, of course, right? Yeah. It was a boring fight, but a perfect game plan. But I want to see more from Baharlo, yeah. who's now 2-0 and in the division, ranked 31st. Who do you think is next for Baharlo? Well, look. He just got here in the UFC. He is only 2-0. Yeah. we got to give him a little bit of a break. Um, he does have a pick of fighters uh, to fight next. I've got Roman Dolores, who is at 29th, 10-1, 4-1 with similar records. Yeah, I like. I really like that. Um, how about I have a um, Joaquin Buckley next for him. Okay. Well, that's funny you say that because mm -hmm. I was going to put his name down. Yeah. I'm afraid of Baharlo fighting Buckley. I think Buckley's too much, at least at this point in his career in yeah. the UFC. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it would I would have favored Buckley in the in that fight. I would too. Uh how about for our loser, uh Armin Petrosian? Well, he's thirty third. He is uh seven two. He's one and one in the UFC. Um so he's also just got right here, you know, in the UFC. What about right above him, who is new to the promotion as well, coming off a loss? Jacob Malcon who is six and two, two and two at in in the thirty second position? I like that. Um, how about maybe on my card I have uh, Andre Petrosky or a Wellington Tr Truman? I like the Wellington Truman. Yeah, yeah. Next up on the card we had Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Faziv in a lightweight division clash. Uh, Dos Anjos had 44% of the votes, and Fasiv had 56% of the votes. The battle of the Rafael saw one at the end of his career and the other one just getting started. 
Well, you really think it's at the end of his career for um, Dos, Dos Anjos? I do. I do. He's 37 years old. I mean, he's fought. He's 31 and 14 now. He's fought almost 50 fights. So what Actually, th- over over 50 fights. So what do you think about his uh, his performances th- this, ni- this Saturday night? I think that he's a formidable opponent. I don't think that he is someone that is looking to have another title run. So you weren't impressed with what he was how he's fighting, holding up against Fatih. Yes, I do think. Yes, I was impressed right. for his age, but not okay. But for not, his age. yeah, not for his age. So, what does that say about Fatih? That he didn't get the thing that to get the get a get a knockout or a submission win. It doesn't surprise me because again, he is early on in his career, right. and Rafael is smart and experienced to stay away from someone's I, I guess power or their uh you know attributes well, it was back sense. and forth first yeah. second third fourth yeah. round um i had you know i think i probably had three rounds to Rafael uh, and, and one round for uh rafael okay. dos Anjos going into the fifth round but right after right off the bat in the fifth round we do have Fasiv landing a nice hook and uh taking down putting down uh viciously uh, Dos Anjos. He did, but here's the other thing that I had in my notes. RDA, right. his game plan was to take his opponent down. He failed every round. Every time. I think so, it was like 0 for 4, 0 for 5. Yeah, so what is it? I mean, no disrespect to Raphael, yeah. but apparently whatever that game plan was just not a very good <laughs> game plan. Or Faziz is is that great of, of, a, of a fighter up and coming with his well, defense. Yeah, I mean, but... I mean, I wouldn't fault Fazeev. Fazeev got the got it done. Yeah, he uh, got got a nice little knockout. He did. I mean, some people maybe even say that Herb Dean jumped in too soon. Did you think he did? At first, I did, but then we're seeing it slow motion, seeing uh, yeah. Rafael uh, Dos Anjos' uh, eyes roll back and just not being there, not being coherent even after the the fact. Um, I think it was the right call. So you're kind of questioning me on, on my thought process on Rafael. Change my mind. Why do you think he's not at the end of his career? Um, I just think there's a couple more fights for him. Maybe now, now I'm not arguing that he is at towards the end of his career, but uh-huh. I don't think this is his final fight. Oh, I don't think it's yeah. his final fight. Yeah. I think he's clearly a gatekeeper in this division. Yeah, and I think he's he's one of the more formidable gatekeepers mm-hmm. in all the divisions. Like I think he still brings a lot to it. Yeah. I just don't think he's going to be – you know, a one through five, you know, in this division that's right. fighter. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, and I agree with you in yeah. that point too. Yeah. Faziv is now six and one over on the UFC, six and oh, uh six fight winning streak. What's next for this eighth ranked fighter? Faziv is eighth, like you said, in this division. He's twelve and one. He's six and one in the UFC. I think you pick a name, any name. So here's the names I got and you tell me if you like the fight or who you think should be the favorite. Gamrot? Do you like Gamrot? Mm, I like Gamron to win. Okay. Danielle Durish, do you like a fight with Faziz? Um, no, I don't I don't like that fight because that's a wrestling fight. You don't like the fight in general or you don't like Faziz's chance? Because you didn't like him against Gamron. Yeah, I don't like his chance against uh, okay. Benil Darish. Makachev, do you like his chances against him? I don't like his chances against Makachev because I think Makachev is another wrestler and... Also, he's trying to get that title fight. But remember, he blocked RDA, who's a formidable wrestler, mm-hmm. every single time in every round. Okay, yeah. all right. What about Chandler, my boy Chandler? Do you like that fight? I like that fight. Not for 
the win, but I like okay. that fight. And then some say the next fight with Faziz, it's been uh, actually Faziz talked about. He's calling out Gagey. Do you like that fight? I mean, I like that fight. Of course, I love that yeah. fight. But uh, I don't know if that's going to be a winnable fight for Faziz. So all these fighters, besides the champ that I didn't even name, are ahead of him. If we're if you're not taking any of these guys ahead of him, then who are we taking? You got a name? Um, well, I did have a name, okay. but you you already mentioned those names. Okay. <laughs> I did have uh, Gaethje or Chandler. Okay, but Next. we don't like that fight, and we need him to have a good fight, right? I think we like the fights. It's yeah, just we do. that we don't think he'll win those fights. Yeah, so <laughs> what do we do with him? What are well, you thinking we should do with him if we're Well, I mean, 6-0 and in the last um, six fights. Uh, you know what? You know, I think it would be a nice little learning step for him. Okay, so if we bring all these names back in here, mm-hmm. what is the the least pass of a resistant or a winnable fight of all these names? If you had a, if you're the trainer, put them up. Do you want him to fight Darius Gamrot? Which one's easiest? I think Gamrot will probably be the. I think so too. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's exciting time for him. Yeah, to move it is. Up. It is. How about for our gatekeeper, Rafael Dos Anjos? 31 and 14 now, 20 and 12 in the UFC. Clearly, gatekeeper. Like you said, a tough night out for anyone in this division who's up and coming. Or, and the problem is he's fought most of the vets in this division. Right. But if I have to pick one, Armand Terzakian, he hasn't fought him yet. Okay. Well, you know, he's 3-3 three and three in the last six fights. Okay. Um, and he, He's a gatekeeper, so if we set something up for him, is it setting him up or setting the fighter up that he fights, the well, opponent up? Here's the thing. Tar- Tarzukian, mm-hmm. I like that fight, but I don't really like it for Tarzukian it's, because oh. I think RDA beats him. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I have um, – uh, how about a Gregor Gillespie? See, I don't like it for Gillespie. I think RDA is going to beat him. Okay. Or a Jalen Turner. Like like you argued with me, which I agree. RDA, you know, yeah, he's on a latter part of his career, yeah. but he is a tough yeah. guy to fight every time he goes out there. So. Right. It's going to be interesting to see who they match up with him, you know, for his yeah, next, next fight. fight. Yeah. yeah. Well, that wraps up UFC Fight Night, ESPN 39. Did, did we have any bonuses or anything? Yeah, going on? we did. We okay. had, uh, who do you think was fight of the night? Well, I think the first fight should have been fight of the night. I think Malarkey versus Johnson was a hell of a fight. That's correct. Fight of the night for okay. them. And then we have two main card uh, performances of the night. Well, I mean,. If you just take it on pure, I, he he blocked a legend. I think Faziz should have earned maybe a uh, fighter of the night. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, he sure did. Okay. And who's the last one? Well, uh, certainly none they're not going to give it on names with Nurmagomedov, right? No. They did not. <laughs> okay. Nice. Right, make sure on that. Um, Sherman, the tank? Yeah, sure did. Okay. He sure did. So those were the bonuses awards. Awarded this Saturday night. Um, kind of lackluster a little bit on the, uh, you know, we're just spoiled. That's what it is. Yeah, We've been where's, spoiled. Where's even even killed uh, bar on this one? Where where did you put this uh, rank? Where did here? I put it before? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what I had. Probably you, about a seven. You had you had an eight. An eight on yeah. this one. So where do you put it now? Uh, per seven, maybe, maybe even less than seven. So, yeah, probably about 6.9. I don't know. So what was your disappointment of the night for you then that you're putting at that level? Um, disappointment. I, I wanted more out of Barhalo. I know, agree. Yep. Because I was really hyped on him. Um, You know, I mean, there were really good fights in, in the main card. Uh, Here, here's the problem that we have in this in this card. 
we had such a great opening fight. Yeah. We expected great things from the next fights, and we just didn't get them. They didn't deliver. Correct. Yeah. And so I agree with you. I think it should be a six seven five for me. Yeah. Because I think we were expecting a lot more from Faziv and Dos Anjos. Yes. Um, rather than just a really back and forth. But not it was back and forth in the way that, you know, one would throw a punch, other one would counter, and back and forth like that. Absolutely. So, um, but, well, yeah, I mean, I I do have that probably about seven, a little low, high okay. six point. Yeah. Yeah, look, they they were literally following up some epic pay per views yeah. and fight nights. So you yeah. you can only you can only get so much. Had to come down sometime. Well, our UFC train moves on to its next stop, and this time it is in Elmont, New York, outside of New York City. Big stage, big stage. Where are we at on this big stage? On ABC. Ooh. And it's going to be early fights, too. So it starts at 2, 8, 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Oh, wow. We're going to get the, middle of the day? Yeah, with the main card starting at 5 o'clock. Th- this is a big – I mean, for us fight fans, mm-hmm. the UFC is always big for us. But for the uh, casual fighters, you know, casual fans, yeah. they're going to turn that TV on on ABC. And it, instead of golf or whatever is on, they're going to go, what? Yeah. Fights? And they're going to get some great, great names. And, yeah. uh, uh, and headlining this is uh, – is Brian Ortega versus Yari Rodriguez. All right. So this, again, this Saturday, July 16th, live on ABC. Kicking off the card, we do have Lauren Murphy versus Misha Tate, a legend, in a women's flyweight bout. This is at 125 pounds. Valentina Shashenko is our current champion. Now, Lauren Lucky Murphy is 38 years old. He's 15 and 5 with eight KOs, one submission, and six decisions. She is currently ranked sixth in this division. Her last fight was a loss by TKO in the fourth round, September of last year, and she is three and one in her last four fights. Now, Misha Cupcake Tate is 35 years old. She is 19 and eight with four KOs, eight submissions, and eight decisions. She is ranked 10th in the Bantam weight, so she is moving down in weight to fight at flyweight. Her last fight was a loss by decision November of last year, and she is 1-3 in, in her last four fights. Now, Tate is a favorite at minus 170, and Murphy is an underdog at plus 145. Lauren Murphy is from Glendale, Arizona, standing at 5'5", with a 67-inch reach, representing Grindhouse MMA. She now has two performance awards. Notable wins come against Joanne Calderwood, Roxanne Mondaferri, and Andrea Lee. Notable losses come against Valentina Shashenko, Shiara Eubanks, and Caitlin Chikagan. Misha Tate is from Las Vegas, Nevada, standing at 5'6", with a 65-inch reach, rep- representing Extreme Couture. She now has four performance awards. Notable wins come against Myrian Renu, Holly Holm, and Jessica I. Notable losses come against Caitlin Vieira, Raquel Pennington, and Amanda Nunez. So what do you think about this legend, uh, Misha Tate, coming back to fight? I'm a Misha Tate fan. Um, it's going to be interesting because I think Lauren Murphy's last fight was against the champ, right? Correct. And, and, and really got b- brutally Yeah, just, yeah, it was beat no up. Contest, yeah. You know? Um, but I don't think uh, we should, um, I don't think we should value her on that last fight because I yeah. do think Murphy is a former op- opponent. Um, but I'll have to be honest with you, I'm taking Cupcake Tate by decision. All right, well, I I have Lauren Murphy by decision. I just think Lauren Murphy might is, you know, she's been fighting for the last few years. Uh, Misha Tate's, this is her second fight uh, from coming back after, I think, a four-year layoff. 
Um, so I think um, I like Lauren Murphy. She's probably one of the more formidable opponents in this division, not named Shashenko. And I think to help your argument is other than her getting beat by what we consider the goat of this division, mm-hmm. she would be literally 3-0. and Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Mur- Murphy does beat Tate. Next up on the card, we have Shane Burgos versus Charles J. Jordan in a featherweight division clash. This is at 145 pounds. Alex Volganowski is our current champion. Now, Shane Hurricane Burgos is 31 years old, 14-3 and three with five KOs, five submissions, and four decisions. He is currently ranked 14th in this division. His last fight was a win by decision November of last year, and he is 1-2 in his last three fights. Now, Charles Air Jordan is... 26 years old, 13 and 4 with 8 KOs, 4 submissions and 1 decision. He is currently ranked 34th in this division. His last fight was a win by submission in the first round, April of this year, and he is 2 and 1 in his last 3 fights. Now Burgos is a minus 200 and Jordan is a plus 170. Shane Burgos is fighting out of the Bronx, New York, standing at 5'11 with a 75 and a half inch reach, representing Tiger Shulman. He now has four performance awards. Notable wins come against Billy Quarantino, Cub Swanson, and Charles Rosa. Notable losses come against Edson Barbosa, Josh Emmett, and Calvin Cater. Charles Jordan is from Canada, standing at 5'9", with a 69-inch reach, representing Academy Pro Star MMA. He now has one performance award. Notable wins, notable wins come against Lando Venata, Andre Ewell, and Marcelo Rojo. Notable losses come against Juliana Rosa, Andre Feely, and Desmond Green. Who do you have for this? Uh, man, it's a really big fight for both of these fighters. It's a big fight, and I was just thinking as you're uh, uh, giving out all your stats, you know, this is a big stage, and yeah. some people step up, some people get a little stage fright. Yeah, sure do. And I'm looking at these two guys, and I'm thinking, uh, is one of them going to get a little stage fright? I don't know. Well, I hope not the hometown guy. <laughs> the hometown guy is Bur- Burgos. Burgos uh-huh. Yeah. He's um, from New York. Yeah, and you know they're about the same age. They both got some knockout power. It should be a slugfest. Um, but, you know, I'm going to go ahead and take the hometown hero, Hurricane Burgos, by decision. I also like Shane Burgos, but I like him as a TKO in the second round. Not surprising. Next up on the card, we have Matt Schnell versus Sue Madajeri in a flyweight division clash. 125 pounds. Devin Figueredo is our current champion. Matt Danger Schnell is 32 years old, 15 and 6 with two KOs, eight submissions, and four decisions. He is currently ranked 14th in this division. His last fight was a loss by submission in the first round, May of this year, and he is 1 2 and 1 in his last four fights. Now, Sue, Tibetan Eagle, Madajeri is 26 years old, 16 and 4, 13 KOs, one submission, and two decisions. He is currently unranked due to inactivity. His last fight was a win by decision January of last year, and he is 3 and 1 in his last four fights. Now, Madajeri is a minus 240, and Snell is a plus 200. Matt Schnell is from Shreveport, Louisiana, standing at 5'8", with a 72-and-a-half-inch reach, representing American Kickboxing Academy. He now has two performance awards. Notable wins come against Tyson Nam, Jordan Espinosa, Luis Smolak. 
Notable losses coming against Brian Roval, Andre Padosha, and Rob Font. Sue Mandajeri is from China, standing at 5'8 with a 72-inch reach, representing American top team. He now has one performance award, with notable wins coming against Zaruka Adashiev and Malcolm Gordon. Notable losses come against Luis Smolka. Well, this should be a good fight. Yeah, this should be a good fight. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't like the inactivity of the Tibetan Eagle, but I'm going to go with him as the favorite. I think that he is going to have a knockout in the second round. I also like the Tibetan Eagle with a technical knockout in the first round. All right. Next up on the card, we have Li Zhengliang versus Mus- Muslim Saklov in a welterweight division clash. So this is 170 pounds. Kamara Usman is our current champion. Now, Li, the leech, Changeling, is 34 years old, 18 and 7 with 9 KOs, 4 submissions, and 5 decisions. He is currently ranked 19th in this division. His last fight was a loss by submission in the first round, October of last year, and he is 1-2 in his last three fights. Now, Muslim, king of Kung Fu, Sakalivo, is 38 years old, 18-2 and two with 12 KOs, 2 submissions, and 4 decisions. He is currently ranked 21st in this division. His last fight was a win by decision June of last year, and he is on a 5-fight win streak. Now, Sakaliv is a minus 180, and Jingling is a plus 120. Li Zhengling is from China. He stands at six foot with a 72 inch reach. He represents Sanford MMA. He now has six performance awards. Notable wins come against Santiago Ponzanibio, Frank Camacho, and Bobby Nash. Notable losses come against Hasmat Shamayev, Neil Magny, and Jake Matthews. Muslim Solokhov, Solikhov, Solikhov, Muslim Solokhov is from Russia, standing at 5'11", with a 70-inch reach, representing American top team. He has he now has one performance award. Notable wins come against Francisco Trinaldo, Lorano Loriano, Strapoli, and Ricky Rainey. Notable losses come against Alex Garcia, and that was in his UFC debut. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, the, these are kind of older fighters. I mean... 34 years old and 38 years old? Yeah. A little bit older? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, uh, I kind of like that uh, stat of 12 KOs by the King of Kung Fu. <laughs> uh, and that's that's 12 out of 18 fights. So he's wow. pro- got a pretty good percentage as far as KOs. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Sokolov by KO in the second round. I also have a Sakilov KO second round. All right. Next up on the card, we have Michelle Waterson versus Amanda Lemos in a women's strawweight division clash. So this is 115 pounds. Carla Esparza is our current champion. Now, Michelle, the karate hottie, Waterson, is 36 years old, 18 and 9, with three KOs, nine submissions, and six decisions. She is currently ranked ninth in this division. Her last fight was a loss by decision, May of last year, and she is one in three in her last four fights. Now, Amanda, Amanda Hina Lamos is 35 years old, 11 and 2, with seven KOs, two submissions, and two decisions. She is currently ranked 11th in this division. 
Her last fight was a loss by submission in the first round, April of this year, and she is three and one in her last four fights. Now Lemos is a minus four fifty, and Watterson is a plus three fifty. Michelle Watterson is from Aurora, Colorado, standing at five three with a sixty two inch reach, representing Jackson Wink MMA. She now has two performance awards. Notable wins come against Angela Hill, Felice Herring, and Paige Van Sant. Notable losses come against Mariana Rodriguez, Carla Esparza, and Joanna Imjacek. Amanda Lemos is from Brazil, standing at 5'4 with a 65-inch reach, representing Mara Jao Brothers team. She now has one performance award. Notable wins come against Angela Hill, Montserrat Ruiz, and Livia Renata Suausa. Notable losses come against Jessica Andrade and Leslie Smith. Well, these are two familiar names for us, yeah. and I'm glad that they're showcasing. I think this is a co-main event mm-hmm. on ABC, co-main event. so that I'm glad that women are, are co-main event in such a big stage. Um, I really like the Karate Hottie Watterson, but I just think Lemos is just going to be too much for her. So I'm going to take Lemos by decision. I have Lemos also. I think she's got a little bit more ferocity behind yeah. whatever she brings. Um, than the Karate Hottie. Yeah. Uh, I have her by TKO in the second round. Oh, wow. Okay. Next up on the card, we have the main event of the evening, Brian Ortega versus Yarir Yarir Rodriguez in a featherweight division clash. 145 pounds. Alex Foganoski is our current champion. Now, Brian T-City Ortega is 31 years old, 15-2 with... Three KOs, five submissions, and two decisions. He is currently ranked third in this division. His last fight was a loss by decision September of last year, and he is 2-2 two and two in his last four fights. Now, Yarir El Pantera Rodriguez is 29 years old, 13-3, and three, with four KOs, three submissions, and six decisions. He is currently ranked 10th in this division. His last fight was a loss by decision November of last year, and he is 2-1-1 one, one in his last four fights. Now, Ortega is a slim favorite at minus 160, and Rodriguez is a slim underdog at plus 135. Brian Ortega is from Los Angeles, California, standing at 5-9 with a 69-inch reach, representing Huntington Beach Ultimate. He now has six performance awards. Notable wins come against Shang- Chan Sung Young, Frankie Edgar, and Cub Swanson. Notable losses come against Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway. Yarir Rodriguez is from Mexico. He stands at 5'11 with a 71-inch reach, representing Kings MMA. He now has seven performance awards. Notable wins come against Jeremy Stevens, Shang Sung Jung, and BJ Penn. Notable losses come against Max Holloway and Frankie Edgar. Such a good main event. Man, I don't even know who to pick. And even the betters don't even know who to pick. Yeah, the betters don't know who to pick. Ortega's a tough, tough night out, no matter who he's fighting. And there's a reason why he's ranked third in this division. I mean, if Rodriguez can pull this win out, he's jumping up with that bragging. I mean, oh yeah, Ortega is clearly the gatekeeper of getting to the title. I agree. I think if... Um, if if Rodriguez does win, he's next in line for the championship yeah. against Volkanovski. But if Ortega wins, I don't think that's an automatically go into the championship 
No, I do not. I do not think so either. So here's the thing: Ortega doesn't really have anything to lose because I don't think he's going to lose a spot. He certainly ain't going to gain anything by a win. So it's. I, I think the pressure, honestly, on this big stage is Rodriguez. He's got to win this fight. And is that who you're picking to win? I am not. (laughs) I like me some T-City Ortega, and I like it by decision all five rounds. Oh, man, this is hard. I like both of them. I know. I really do. Do you want to pick after the fight? (laughs) Right after the fight, yeah. (laughs) yeah. Now, I'm going to go ahead and go with Brian Ortega by submission. Wow. Well, that's not surprising. Yeah. Okay, so what a big card on a big stage. They UFC put two women's fights on here. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal for women fighting, which I I like a lot. Where do you put it with the bar on this thing? Um, I'm gonna give it an eight just right now. Eight. It's not too, too high, you know. But you know, because there are some names that prior not used to the huge limelight. Correct. And so we'll see how that comes up. But we do have some season season veterans that are on this card that have been there, done that. We do, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How about you? Where do you put this card? Uh, I'm gonna put it. Uh, I'm gonna put seven seven five. All right, seven seven five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that brings us to our MMA news and notes. So George Saint Pierre came out and revealed three names he'd face if he would return. My question to you first is where do you rank George St. Pierre in your top 10 fighters of all time? I didn't come in to UFC until maybe his last couple of fights. Okay. So he was against Michael Bix. Bisping was one of those fights that I saw him fight. So it was kind of at the tail end of his career. Okay. Wasn't wasn't 100%. Um, so I, I probably wouldn't don't, don't rank him as high as probably others would that have seen him fight over so the, the the decades for your ex, for your knowledge you would not put him in your top 10 fighters at least currently maybe at top one. 10 top of 10. course but okay. not top five okay so he came out he ha, here's his names for him to come out of retirement mm-hmm. he would he'd be willing to fight Shemaev. he would be willing Damn. to fight kamar usman or he'd be willing to fight khabib Nurmagomedov. madoff Wow. If he was ever to return to UFC, do you like any of those fights? Um, Maybe a uh, Nurmagomedov. Okay. Maybe a Nurmagomedov. I don't think I like him against um, Kumar Us- Kumaru. You don't Usman. like him winning? No. Okay. Or um, what about Shemaev? Maybe a Shemaev. Just, just, I think that would be a more draw of a mo- money draw. You know, sure. Like well, just so everybody knows, unfortunately... He said, for me and the fans and everybody, it's not going to happen because I'm done and I just don't miss the UFC <laughs> fighting anymore. So I'm, I'm sure. I'm but sure. I love the hypothetical, at least for me, because I was a big George St. Pierre fan and saw most of his fights. Yep. Well, it looks like um, Alexander Volkanovsky is going under the knife and will be out for almost three months. For what? Uh, a broken thumb. Oh, that's right. He did break it. He broke it in yeah. the second round or something of yeah. that nature. Wow. That's right. So um, is there an interim championship coming up now or what? Well, here's <laughs> the thing. It's, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because guess what? They didn't make an interim title fight for our heavyweight champion, Francis Nagano, and he's been out for now six months, going yeah. on maybe six more. But somehow, two months in, they made an interim fight for Figueredo. Figueredo yeah. So it's like, do what do we know? What? 
what do we know about the UFC? What are they going to do? We don't know. Still, the only time can tell if they do a intern heavyweight championship belt because um, that's still right around the corner. There's still probably an announcement to be made about John Jones and Stipe. Maybe. Maybe, right? And that would be a formidable interim championship belt, I think. Here's the, t- t- the tobacco dilemma for UFC. Yeah. Okay. They're in, fr- they're in negotiations for Nagano to continue to be in this promotion. Mm-hmm. And it would be a slap in, in the in the contract face if they were to make an interim title yeah. belt because then Francis is like, well, that's how you respect your champion. So I I believe they're probably going to make it, but it, they made their strategy and their contract negotiations is not. Now, when it comes to Volganovsky, it could mm-hmm. be another one because he's pound for pound, maybe one of the best uh, fighters in the division or in the promotion as well. So right. would you make one? Let me ask you, would you make one? Um, for this division, no, probably not. I would not either. No, yep, yep. So Perkaja, our lightweight heavy light heavyweight champion, has called out Jan Bohovic as his next opponent because he feels he's the most dangerous in that division right now. What do you think about that fight? Um, I think most dangerous. I don't know if he's the most dangerous in that division. Who's the, who's the most dangerous in that division then? Man, I mean, I guess. I want to see where where uh, Dominic Reyes is at. Dominic Reyes was 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 doing really well. Until I know, but he's he's on a he's he's on a remote island with John Jones at this point, <laughs> right? Sure so is, we can't right. really count him. So who yeah. else is in that? There's not really anybody else in that division. That's there's dangerous. Gotta be, there's got to be. It's got to be an up and comer. Okay. Well, let, let's just take a look at that division then All for right. just a sec. Let's bring it up and we will see who's in that division. Okay, two fighters that we haven't talked about. Other than them, is Glover Teixeira a dangerous fighter in this division? I mean, we all knew that he. We all saw that he was a dangerous fighter. He he had Prohishka. He ran out of month. gas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, if it's not him, what about Ankalif? He's dangerous. More dangerous than Bohovic. Well, we'll see because he's got to fight against Anthony Smith this cu- this couple of weeks. And Anthony Smith is is on a roll right now i think anthony smith yeah that's another thing i i would like to see anthony smith get a ch- another shot at the title i do too you know what about R- radic um when he's not hurt i i think so i think i think do you think Bohovic, he's more dangerous than bohovich yes because okay. in the la- fight against bohovich which he lost right R- ratchet lost but he hurt his knee in that loss yes and that's why he had a tko okay so I think he is more dangerous. Tiago Santos is he more dangerous? He is than dangerous. Elvis? He is dangerous. And he just he just had a, a string of bad luck. And then Mister Headcase Paulo Acosta is he more dangerous than Bohovic? He ah uh, Bohovic I think he is. I think he is more dangerous. But can he get it together? That's the other question. So let me see if I got this. Uh-huh. Okay. The looked like unstoppable Jan Bohovic that nobody could beat, including the champion at middleweight, Adesanya. Mm-hmm. You, he lost one fight to Glover Teixeira, and you now make him a, a, a not even a top 10. You've literally put everybody else ahead of him as a dangerous fighter. Well, he lost to Teixeira, and then Teixeira really did have a good fight, did have a good fight against um, Yuri Proheshka. He did. And he almost won that fight. He so, did. Yes, I do put him against higher than. Uh, uh, Bohovich, and Bohovich is coming off of uh, if he win. And I don't, I don't argue the fact that he he shouldn't be higher than Texera. I'm yeah. just saying that 
Bohovich, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is clearly higher than all the other ones I just said because yeah. he hasn't proven he's only lost one, and before that he he's he's literally twelve and six in the UFC. I mean, I don't know. Right. I guess the jury's going to be out. It should be interesting on who Perkaja gets next because you have named quite a few names that yeah. clearly deserve a shot. Anthony Smith being one. Yeah, definitely. Well, Aljamain Sterling is saying that his matchup will be next with the TJ machine in Dillashaw and that no Jose Aldo will be in his future. What do you think about that? Oh, Wow. Why not? That's crazy. But, you know, T.J. Dillashaw is just a, a, another great name to add to his uh, resume. He also thinks that Jose Aldo is going to lose his next match against Diversity as well. Wow. Well, we'll see. Only time will tell on that one. But I, I like that fight, T.J. Dillashaw versus uh, Aljamain Sterling. I do, too. And who do you like early on? Uh, man. I'm I'm not gonna go against uh, Sterling for right now, so I'm gonna say Sterling. Yeah, the problem is is that we've been going uh, going against him for too long, and we need to get on that bandwagon because apparently he he does know how to fight. Right. Do you have any other news? I do. I have all one right. more news. Um, okay, so what just came out is all the current division rankings all in one, and so I have some names, and I want to see if you have any issues of where they are currently ranked in all the divisions. So like a pound for pound? It's pound for pound. All right. Okay, so at number one is Kamar Usman. At number two is Volganovsky. At number three, another champ is Adesanya. Oliveira is sitting at four. Naganu is at five. Aljamain Sterling is at six, so they're all champions. At seven is Dustin Poirier. Then another champ, Figueredo is eight. Prakasha, another champion at nine. And at 10 is Max Holloway. What do you think of that top 10? Wow. I don't know why Dustin Poirier is in there right now. That's that's kind of crazy. Kind of weird, right? Yeah. That's why I bring it up. Kind of yeah, strange. That is strange. And then the other name at 11? Max Holloway. Or who's who's at 11? John Jones. Wow. And he's he, in five, three years. And, <laughs> he, and the four behind him, just so you know, top... Okay, Top. 15. Yeah. Steve Bay's behind him. Right. And Jones hasn't fought in what, two years? Yeah. Peter Yawn is behind him. Wow. Robert Whitaker's behind him. Wow. And Clover Tixera, who we've been talking about, is behind him. Wow. Now, well, how highly does this ranking give John Jones, who hasn't fought in a century, it feels like? Wow, they love him, I guess. They love him, right? Yeah. They love they love some John Jones, some Max Holloway, and some Dustin Poirier. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't agree with those, but, you know. I don't either. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And just a side note on the women, pound for pound. Yeah. Shashenko's number one. All right. Okay. Nunes is number two, which means wow. Pena, the current champion, is number three. Okay. Rose Namanunas is four. Wow. And Wei Lee is number five. How about poor Carlos Barza? Number six. Wow. Glad you brought her up. That's interesting. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Interesting, yes. Wow. Well, that wraps up our MMA segment for this week. Um, now on to our Pick'em League. Well, we had continued to have differences yeah, we every did. week, it seemed yeah. like, and we seemed to come out with same same uh, results. So right. me and you both went two and three in okay. the MMA. We both went one and one in boxing. All right. 
So I'm sitting at 17 wins. You're sitting at 21 wins. Okay. Still a four-fight difference. Now, our players for the week, we have Omar at 10. Okay. Lynn at 11. Dom at 12. Everett at 18. I am now sitting at 20. Shane is at 21. Dan is at 23. Shannon is at 24, and you are now at 24. 24. So right. she has caught you. All right. All right. 24 and 24. That's yes. all right. Yep. <laughs> so uh, my domination didn't last that long. No, but it, it can come back this week. It could. It, it could. could come back this could. week. Well, I appreciate all the uh, players that continue to play in Season 4. Yeah, definitely. We appreciate that. Make sure if you haven't already, just go ahead and sign up. Follow our Facebook page. You can find that link there this week. And uh, just jump right in. It doesn't matter if you're behind or not. It's just part of the fun. Thank you to everyone that continues to listening to our show. We hope to be back next week with a recap of the fight of this week's fights and predictions. I'm Daniel. I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone. And keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see you next week.